A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to live in a manner worthy of the call you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another through love, striving to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, one body and one spirit, as you were also called for the one hope of your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he gave some as apostles, others as prophets, others as evangelists, others as pastors and teachers, to equip the holy ones for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the extent of the full stature of Christ. The word of the Lord.
Dominus Fobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Mateum. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Verbum Domini. amazing scene in the gospel today. Who is this Messiah just walking by and looking at this man who's making a good living, probably lots of money, and calls him to leave his job, his work, everything, come follow me. Who, who could possibly do this? It's the Word made flesh, the Son of God, our Savior, the one alone in whom we have salvation can make these kind of calls, these kind of demands, these invitations, these encounters that are just absolutely transformative. I recently came across a quote from St. Louis de Montfort in his True Devotion book. And he writes about Jesus. When we start talking about consecration to Mary, it's consecration to Jesus through Mary. That's what he's writing about in this book. So in this quote, he's talking about the church's faith in Christ. And he says, Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of everything. He is the only teacher for whom we must learn, the only Lord on whom we should depend, the only head to whom we should be united, and the only model that we should imitate. He is the only physician that can heal us, the only shepherd that can feed us, the only way that can lead us, the only truth that we can believe, the only life that can animate us, he alone is everything to, everything to us, and he alone can satisfy all our desires. Each one of the faithful who is not united to him is like a branch broken from the stem of the vine. It falls and withers and is fit only to be burnt. If we live in Jesus and Jesus lives in us, we do not fear damnation. Neither angels in heaven nor men on earth nor devils in hell, no creature whatever can harm us, for no creature can separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus. Through him, with him, and in him, we can do all things and render all honor and glory to the Father and the unity of the Holy Spirit. We can become perfect 
and be for our neighbor a fragrance of eternal life. He alone is our salvation. So yes, we better get up and follow him. And as some, I think it was Pope Benedict said, you know, the cure, the call is the cure. You know, to have communion with him, to belong to him, to imitate, to follow him, is the cure for our sinfulness, our weakness, and for eternal life. Jesus just says, follow me. And certainly Matthew must have heard him preaching and things. But it really comes down to that. Are you going to follow me? You know, St. Matthew, the gospel writer, you know, he, he's, it's believed by tradition that he was martyred in Ethiopia, that he preached in Judea and eventually was martyred in Ethiopia. Do you think he saw that coming? I'm going to wind up in Ethiopia at the end of my life? You know, it's just completely trusting in the Lord. And he got up and followed him. The Pharisees are pushing back on Jesus, complaining that he eats with tax collectors and sinners. You know, they wanted to have, to have this separation from this pagan culture and, and just you know, isolate from them. But the problem is they're, they're focused on these rules and laws that they've added to the Mosaic law. And of course, tax collectors were particularly heinous because they, they worked for the Roman government. They basically extorted the people. They had the force of Rome, the authority of Rome behind them to tax, to tax their own wage and then certain tribute back to Rome. They're considered betrayers to their country. And Jesus is calling one to follow him, to be a disciple, an apostle, an evangelist. That wouldn't have been in my playbook. You know, I probably would have, you want to go for the popular guy, the talented guy, the charismatic guy, not the one hated. I'm not going to call into my organization. Unless you're God and we operate by grace and it's the work of the Holy Spirit that convicts people's hearts, that God can use this as an eloquent proclamation of the power of the gospel, the power of God, not ourselves. And Jesus challenges the Pharisees, learn the meaning of I desire mercy, not sacrifice, from Hosea 6.6. Hosea is prophesying to the northern kingdom. They had separated themselves from the southern kingdom, from the temple, and they had pagan idolatry going on. They were offering sacrifices to idols and things. And Hosea is calling them back to the true God, but certainly this applies to the southern kingdom as well, that Jesus, he's not condemning sacrifice. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says, when you go to offer your gift, be reconciled with your brother. He celebrates the Passover meal. And of course, he offers the sacrifice of his life for our salvation. We're called to join in that sacrifice. The Eucharist is a representation of that sacrifice. We share in that, sacrificing our lives. So he's not condemning sacrifice, but he's saying, as the Catechism says, that mercy is an expression 
of spiritual sacrifice, that these sacrifices must have this heart of mercy, have this interior broken spirit of humility, of repentance. I'm recognizing my own sin. I'm repenting of my own sin, I'm recognizing my need for God. That it's a sacrifice from the heart, you know, coupled with a love of neighbor. Sin, one of its terrible effects in us personally is that it causes blindness. I, be, I get cold to my own sin. I don't recognize it even. I don't realize how deep I'm in over my head. I'm getting lost and more lost in the woods. And it's universal and infects us all. We can think of Luke's gospel, the Pharisee and the tax collector, that they go up to the temple to pray. The tax collector repents. He goes away justified. And Luke's message there, he says, quote, those who trusted, these Pharisees were those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. That blindness and that trusting in ourselves also has to push down other people at the same time. Why aren't you more like me? Why aren't you walking like I'm walking? We lose this openness to the spirit, this openness to recognize the spirit working in the lives of others. And certainly we've lost sight that we're all sinners. But Jesus calls Matthew out of sin. He doesn't leave him at the customs post, at the table, excising these taxes. He offers us the forgiveness of sins. He offers us a new life. He offers us an opportunity to be cleansed, forgiven. He offers us mercy. Follow me. Matthew's sitting at his desk there at the customs post, and it's an image, I think, of him sitting in his sin, and Jesus is calling him, get up. Uses the same verb in the Greek to describe the resurrection. Rise up from your, your dead place of sin. Boy, that, as Catholics, we face that all the time. Am I going to stay in my sin, and especially if it's a serious sin, or am I going to get up and go to confession? You know, go to the priest and just see what happens. You're unsure, you're humiliated, you're embarrassed. Well, go to the sacraments, receive that grace, just see what happens. You know, that, that renewal, that strength, that's, I think, one of the effects of the sacrament is that it wakes us up, it gives us strength to avoid sin. Jesus calls us to faith and repentance. That's intrinsic to the gospel. That's his first words in Mark's gospel. Repent and believe in the good news. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Matthew gets up, leaves the world of sin, follows him, he walks with Jesus, imitates him, accepts his mission, learns from him. There's a complete change. Putting on the mind of Christ, we're seeing the world 
different now. We have different goals, different values. You know, our hearts is that first quote I was reading from Louis de Montfort that, you know, our hearts are transformed. We've discovered the pearl of great price, the treasure buried in the field. We're willing to walk away from everything to buy that pearl, to buy that field. It becomes number one. And Jesus says the gospel today, those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. I love this image of sin as sickness. You know, you wouldn't visit a friend in the hospital and yell at him, why are you sick? Get your act together, right? We have a sin sickness. We have this wound of original sin. We have the wounds of personal sin. That we can get trapped in it, caught up in it. And then we don't even realize the depth of our sickness. We don't realize how blind we are. And we have to trust the doctor for healing, for medicine. We can't heal ourselves. We can't use human force. We can't will it or simply try harder. I gotta take my blood pressure medicine. I gotta take my insulin. You know, I just, if we don't approach sin that way. I'm just gonna do it myself. And we don't approach hum human sickness that way. And we have to turn to Jesus for the treatment, for the medicine. And on top of all that, we're also cold-blooded sinners, right? We do it with our eyes open, knowing to some degree the effects, and we still choose evil. But I think there's a big part of it is this sickness in us that we need grace, we need his medicine, that we need to trust Jesus, the divine physician, to have faith in him. As I mentioned, you know, we have this opportunity in confession that the word became flesh. He took on human nature. And that logic of the incarnation passes over into the sacraments. That we can have contact with the divine through these outward signs we call the sacraments. In a sense, these material things, we have the words of absolution, we have the water of baptism, the oil of confirmation, the outward sign of bread and wine in the Eucharist. And it contains this spiritual reality that transforms us. Communion with him, drawing close to Jesus, he gives us faith. We see that in the resurrection appearances. Right? These guys are they see and encounter Jesus and their faith grows. So we come to the doctor's office, we come to the sacraments to receive uh, this grace. We have to show the doctor the wound if we're going to be healed. And even, and maybe at the heart of it, especially our personal piety to bring these things to prayer. You ask God for help with them. You know, why, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep falling into this? To examine our lives, to bring it to prayer, to ask Jesus uh, for help. That's powerful medicine. You know, examination of conscience, to repent of our sins every day, 
and to bring it to the Lord. And then on top of that, <laughs> we have Our Lady helping us. We have her powerful prayers. It was at the, the foot of the cross, bringing us to Jesus, bringing us to the foot of that cross, that her Immaculate Heart is our refuge, that we can be there to receive with her and communion with her to receive this grace, this communication of God to his people, you know, happens in its perfection in Mary. And we can share in that. She's there to help us, to intercede for us. Let's avail ourselves to this mercy to be healed.